Happy New Year. Good to see everybody. Welcome to Seacoast Church. I uh, wish you guys all a happy new year. We're glad you're here if you're joining us at one of our campuses or maybe on the internet as well, especially the Greenville campus because most of y'all are Clemson fans up in Greenville. We are glad you're here. Come on, somebody. Let's hear it for the Tigers. Nobody is more ready for a new year than Ohio State fans and Mariah Carey, right? <clears throat> if you don't know about that one, don't ask. Just don't, don't worry about it. Uh, but, but we're excited. I'm, I'm excited about the new year. Glad you guys are with us. You guys, I, I, well, let's do this. You're in church on January 1st. You chose a holiday to come in and, and celebrate. Start your right. Give yourselves a round of applause here and at all of our campuses. Good choice. One of 52. So let's do it all year long. I'm, I'm excited about the year. I hope you guys had a good Christmas as well. Uh, I, I don't know. In, in my home, we added a new member of our family this Christmas, and so I'll introduce you uh, to the newest member of our family. Uh, she's been here for a while. It's this one, actually. <laughs> you know, she was excited. She's starting to, she asked the other day, when's the puppy going home? Uh, so I think she's struggling with not being the baby anymore. But, but we have this puppy, and um, Pastor Josh Walters, who's our campus pastor here at the Mount Pleasant campus, we were talking several weeks ago, and he said, so let me get it right. Lisa really wants a dog, your wife. Uh, your three kids all really want a dog, and you really don't want a dog, right? I said, yes, that's exactly right. Uh, you're with me here, right? And he said, what, just let me know what you name her. Uh, and so that's what happened. We got a dog. Her name is Pippa, which is kind of cute. Uh, she's a girl. I, I have made a commitment that any animal that I bring into my home will be named after a Chicago sports team or so, some, so her full name is Scotty Pippen, um, who played for the Bulls in the 90s, but we call her Pippa. You know, Lisa's not fully on board with that yet, but just I feel better about it that way. But, uh, but I hope you got everything you need. Our gift will continue to give all year long in 2017. Going to carry right on in. We're already experiencing that this week in our home, but, but we're, we're ready. We're excited about the new year. How, how many of you, uh, if you could make this decision, you'd say, I would like for 2017 to be the best year that I've ever had in the history of my life. How many of you are up for that kind of year? All right, good. Yeah, most of us, some of you just aren't going to raise your hand for anything I ask, and I understand that. <laughs> but the rest of us, we're, we're in for that. I want to have a great year. I'm excited about the new year. I love the fact that on December 31st, every year, we get a, we get a fresh slate, you know, a second turns over and all of a sudden it's like, man, we have this attitude about life that, man, I can start afresh. I can get a new start. And you know what? That's actually God's desire for every day of our life. He says his mercies are new every morning. I feel like the new year is a great picture of God's willingness to give us a, a fresh start and, and a new slate. And so I hope you're looking forward to the new year. Uh, I, I know my goal for our church and for all of us, and I would say by even being here, you're saying it too. How many of you, you wanna grow spiritually this year? You'd love to see this year be a year that, yeah, we grow spiritually. We make some headway. I love the way C.S. Lewis said this in this quote. He says, aim at heaven and you'll get earth thrown in. Aim at earth and you get neither. He says, man, if, if we'll focus this year on God, aim at heaven, you know, all the stuff that we need, all the desires of our, he'll, he'll work those things out. But if we focus just on the things of this earth, we'll end up not getting either one. So let's aim at heaven this year. I wanna invite you to join us on a journey that we're gonna go on, a spiritual journey this year as a church, where we're just gonna, we're gonna aim at heaven. We're, we're gonna try to put God first in, in every area of our life and see what happens. And here's my challenge for you. 
Uh, some of you, maybe you're here for the very first time today. If you are, I couldn't be more thrilled that you're here. What a great choice to come to church for the first time on the first day of a new year. So know that we're glad that you're here. Some of you have been coming for a long time. How about this? I'll, I'll, even, I'll even make a guarantee for you. Bold statement here. Let this be the year that you just go all in with this thing. Get involved in the church. Work the systems that the church puts in place. Uh, not only coming here on the weekend, but join a small group this year. Go through the inside track. Get connected into a, a volunteer team. Maybe some of you will go on a mission trip or get involved in local missions. Go to the conferences that we offer. We've got a lot planned this year to try to help point us all to aim at heaven. And, and you tell me, you try it for a year, do all the things, go to the marriage conference, do the men's hike, just get involved. And you tell me at the end of the year if it didn't impact every other area of your life. I'm not saying everything's gonna go well for you, that you're not gonna have trials, we all will, but if, if we put him first, it's gonna impact every area of our life. And so we're doing several things this year that we're just, we're, we're excited. We're starting with 21 days of prayer and fasting. We've been doing this for about 10 years as a church, and uh, it's just, it's awesome. We're, we're starting 10, 21 days of saying, all right, I, I'm gonna clear my life of some things that, that normally maybe I, I partake in, and what do you need to fast? It's really up to you to decide that. I know my dad, I uh, talked to him, he's gonna do, I call it the California fast. It's like he's only doing fruits and nuts and flakes or something like that, that's great. Um, I'm sorry, if you're watching from California, we love you. It's actually the Daniel fast that he's doing, where, you know, vegetables, fruits, nuts, and, and that's great. Some people will fast uh, maybe a, a certain food item that, uh, that you'd like to give up for, for the season. Could be sugar for some people, sweets. Uh, some are fasting alcohol. Some people will fast social media. Uh, but you, you kind of think through that. What would be something that you could take out of your life uh, to allow you a greater focus on God? Now, we're gonna start the fast sundown tonight. So some of y'all are like, oh, wow, that's coming up real soon. Eat you a big old lunch today, all right? Bulk up for the fast, get, get, get things ready. And then, and then we're gonna start at sundown tonight. And you may be like my son. My son last year, he decided, I'm gonna fast my three favorite foods. So he came to us, he wanted to get involved, eight years old at the time. He said, Dad, I'm gonna fast bacon, sausage, and hot dogs. And I'm like, dude, I don't know if that's possible. How can man live without bacon, sausage, and hot dogs? Uh, but check this out, we finished the 21 days and we all are getting ready to feast, you know, getting ready to jump back in. And he goes, oh no, dad, I'm, I'm fasting these for the whole year. I was like, son, no, 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 you don't wanna do that, man. We're gonna get to the summertime. It'd be like birthday parties. The only thing they have is hot dogs. Like, really? And he was like, no, I feel like God told me to fast for the entire year. So for the entire year, my son didn't have bacon, sausage, or hot dogs. So last night, midnight, you better believe we fried up some bacon uh, in the house for, for him to kind of celebrate that. But, but it's, been, it's been a great year, and I encourage you to do it. Don't just fast though, fasting and prayer. So 21 days, so as you go into it and you're kind of thinking, what do I wanna fast? I'd love to challenge you to just think about what are some things I'm gonna pray for during the fast? Maybe you make a little list. Maybe there's an answer to a, a big decision that you're facing or could be you're looking for a breakthrough in a certain area of your life or maybe a family member that you really are, are praying for, but get specific with God. God, I really am, I'm looking for direction on, on this area of my life. And, and, and write that down. And as you do that, I would like to ask you to also include the church in your prayers. Uh, as we pray for 21 days, let's pray also for our church. Whatever campus you go to, pray for your campus pastor and pray for your the vision and direction for your campus. You know, here at the Mount Pleasant campus, we've of course told you guys that we're expanding our facilities. And if you drove onto the parking lot, you probably realize that work is happening now to prepare our parking lot, to get us ready for that. And so I'd love for you to pray for that. Uh, we, we 
told you all several weeks ago that we wanted to raise $8 million before we break ground on the facility, before we actually start building the actual building. And we were $3.5 million short of that. So we did a miracle offering two weeks ago. And, um, uh, and several of you are like, why haven't y'all told us what we brought in? Some of y'all are getting nervous about that. We're gonna tell you the number that came in total next weekend, and I'll tell you why we're gonna do that. Uh, first of all, let me tell you this. On that weekend, we took up the biggest offering that this church has taken up in 28-year history of our church. And so yay, God, on that. Thank you guys for just being on. What I love about it, too, is it's been just everybody doing a little bit, doing what they can do. And so super encouraged by the offering that weekend, but our offices have been closed for the past week, and so everybody's kind of been out. We've had a lot of money that's come in, gifts that have come in this week, even the Christmas Eve offering that we haven't counted in yet. So we're gonna count all of that up uh, this week, and then next weekend we'll tell you exactly where we are, but it's super encouraging. But it's also, I'll tell you, at this point, we're gonna still have some work to do uh, to get to that $8 million. So we'll update the church on where we are, not keeping any secrets. We just don't have, because of the nature of Christmas and all that, we don't have it all, um, all nailed down. So we wanna tell you exactly what, where we are next weekend. So we'll do that, but pray for us, pray for that. I believe that God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. I believe that every resource that we need to provide the vision that he's given us for this church is available to him. And so we're just believing during this 21 days of fasting that he's gonna continue to provide for us in that way. So. 21 days of prayer and fasting. We're also gonna do five days of revival. Come on, who's excited about the revival? It's gonna be awesome. <laughs> Starting this first Wednesday at all of our campuses, your campus pastor will give you more instruction on where, where to go and where to be for that. But we're gonna do five days. of We've never done anything like this as a church. And so on, on Wednesday night, Pastor Herbert Cooper, uh, now Pastor Greg, our, our founding pastor, he's been in ministry for like 140 years. And he said... He said that he heard the best message that he's ever heard preached in his entire life about three months ago from Pastor Herbert Cooper. And so he approached Pastor Herbert and said, I want, I want you to come and bring that message to our, our church needs to hear this message to kick off the year. And so he agreed to come on Wednesday night. It's gonna be incredible. On Thursday night, Pastor Stephen Furtick, who is just an incredible communicator. One of the, I would say one of the best communicators of God's word in my generation is gonna be here on Thursday night. It's gonna be incredible. He leads a church called Elevation Church up in Charlotte, North Carolina. On Friday night, Pastor Derwin Gray. Uh, Derwin played football for the Indianapolis Colts and the Charlotte Panthers, and he's one of very few people who, uh, he got saved as a, an athlete playing in the NFL, and then when he retired from football, he planted a church. And so now he's got several thousand people that attend Transformation Church up in the the. Charlotte area, and just a great story, great communicator. He's done a first Wednesday for us years ago, but you won't wanna miss him on Friday night. And then on the weekend, we've got this guy named Greg Surratt who does a pretty good job too, and uh, I'd encourage you to, you know, I, I didn't think about this, but sorry, I'm just processing the last service. So dad's heard me preach a lot, and he said that Pastor Herberts is the best one that he's ever heard. I, I need to deal with that. I need to talk to him about that. But, but anyways, it's gonna be great. We are excited about the revival. Please be here. Let's pack this place out. Uh, revival is, a description of that would be seeing God move in ways that are beyond ordinary. And if you want God to do some things that are beyond ordinary in your life, let's just aim at heaven together and do that. So 21 days of prayer and fasting, five days of revival, and then 365 days of the word. Uh, again, we've never done this before as a church where we all together, we're gonna read the word 365 days of the year. And I'm gonna tell you a lot more about that here in just a couple minutes, but, but why the word? I mean, we could do 365 days of prayer. Uh, we could do 365 days of fasting. 
Not gonna happen, by the way, not in this church. Your pastors love food too much. We could do 300, why the word, why the word? I, I met a woman who started coming to our church about six months ago. I met her after church on a Saturday night, and uh, like many of you, and it's one of the things I love about our church, she really didn't have any background in church. She didn't speak the language, she didn't understand it all, but something really drew her here. She came and she was like, I just, I love it. I love the teaching, I love the worship, and so she just felt drawn to God. But So she started reading her Bible, and she had a ton of questions. And she was like, I don't understand this stuff. You're gonna have to help me get this. And so she sent me 20 questions that she had uh, that I could tell she had read about halfway through Genesis. And they were great questions. Uh, just so refreshing to see somebody approaching God's word for the very first time. Didn't understand why God allowed you know, husbands to have multiple wives. And so we talked about that. That was never been in God's plan or never been blessed by God. And all these questions, I don't go through all of them. My favorite one that she asked me though, she said, Josh, why do you guys always mispronounce the word job? I was like, what are you talking about? She said, no, Job. I mean, it's in the Bible, the book of Job, and you guys always call it Job. I don't understand what's up with that. And I was like, oh, that's, you know, I don't know. We do, don't we? It, it turns out it's a Hebrew word and we don't really have a great way of spelling it. But I, I just, I loved that. I love the fact that she's looking at it with a brand new set of eyes. I thought, how, how important is it for someone like that all the way to someone like me or some of you who've been following God for a lot longer than I have, how important would it be for us to just take a year to study God's word. What better way to, to, to learn more and to connect more with God than to study the word that he gave us. And so we're gonna study God's word together. And, and here's what I wanna tell you about it. My goal today is just to kind of set us up for the, the year. Um, this is not a normal book. This, this is not a normal book. In fact, look what Jesus said about his words. He said, the words that I've spoken to you are spirit and life. Spirit and life. The word for spirit, it's a word that's actually... Uh, the Greek word is pneuma, and so it's a word that we didn't really have a good translation for, but it really it better translates to breath. Jesus is saying, the words that I have for you, they're gonna, they're gonna breathe life into you. If we'll approach God's word right, it can be like, like a breath of fresh air. There may be parts of your life that feel dead or feel like they've been stale or stagnant, and God's gonna breathe, breathe fresh life into us. This is my verse for the year. Uh, really, in a lot of ways, I believe it's gonna be our church's verse for the year. But Hebrews 4.12 says, the word of God is what? Say it with me. Living and active. I love that. I think this is gonna be the most alive year that I've ever had on this word, this earth. I think that for our church, we're gonna experience more life. It's living, it's active. It's gonna be the most adventurous year that we've ever had because we're gonna spend it in God's word. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. The, the imagery there is actually that of a scalpel. Uh, and, and so when you think about some of us are in a place where we need healing in some areas of our lives. God's word can bring healing to that. It, it penetrates to even dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. I, I believe that if the writer of Hebrews lived in the South, he'd have said, God's word gets all up in you. I mean, that's kind of the, the, what, what he's saying there. It just, it, it affects everything. And if we'll approach it right, it's gonna really make a huge impact in our lives, but how do we do that? I mean, I, I, I'm sure I'm not the only one. I, I see that verse, but have you ever read the Bible, sat down to read it, and it didn't feel that way? It didn't necessarily feel alive and active, and it's like, man, it, so, so how, do we, how do we get the most out of the Bible? 
I wanna talk theology for a couple minutes, just a couple thoughts that'll help us lay a foundation, and then we're gonna get really practical. And some of you are sitting here going, dude, I don't know if I can do this. We're gonna, I'm gonna help you. We're gonna get really, really practical for how we can take the mo- make the most out of this year. But first, some theology. How do we make God's word come alive? Gotta understand some stuff about it. Number one, the Bible comes alive with faith. The Bible comes alive with faith. Look at this next verse. Hebrews 4, 2. He says, for we also have had the good news proclaimed to us, just as they did. So he's talking about another group of people. So just like they did, we all heard the same message. But the message that they heard was of no value to them because, why? They didn't share the faith of those who obeyed. So two groups of people, we, we hear the same message. This happens at church all the time. Got thousands of people, we'll all hear the same word But for some people, it's like, man, I mean, one group of people, the message of Christ changed everything about their life, totally transformed them. And the other group of people, it did no good to them. It was of no good. How can that happen? It's the same word because there was this element of faith involved. So as we approach reading the Bible together this year, approach it with faith. Open this book knowing that, man, there's a potential that God's got something for me today that that could be potentially life transforming, save, it could save my life. Have faith as you go in to the Bible. Now for some of you that's frustrating because you're like, dude, honestly I don't have faith right now. I'm not in a place where I feel like I can, I can muster up this faith. How do you get faith? Well, let's keep going. Revelation activates your faith. Revelation activates your faith. As you study the Bible, there are actually two words for the word word in the word. Is that confusing? There's two words that are used for the word word in the Bible. Uh, And I wanna show them to you. The first one is logos, which is the written word of God. So the logos word is your your Bible. Even the preached word of God is the logos word. And so that's just the written word. And unfortunately, many of us, that's the only bit of the word that we ever experience. It's just the words that are written down on paper, the written word of God. There's a second word, and it's called rhema, the revealed word of God. So you have the written word of God, and then you have the revealed word of God. The revealed word, these are these moments when you're reading the Bible, and all of a sudden you have this like, aha, oh my gosh, I see it. I see how that connects to the situation that I'm facing or the, 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 the choice that I'm trying to make. And it's like God reveals something that you need. And I know for me, uh, a lot of times, uh, just in my day-to-day life, I face situations that I need more than what I've got for them. Sometimes it's a counseling situation. I'm like, God, I need to see, I need to, I need to know where you are, what your heart is for this person or for this situation. And so I'll read God's word and sometimes he'll go, hey, this is a verse I'm dropping into you. I won't even know that I needed it until later in the day and it's like, ah, oh, that was a, a rhema. That was a rhema word of God. And that's my prayer for you is that we would experience that rhema word of God. Uh, one example of that in the Bible, just to kind of show it to you. Last week, we talked about the Christmas story. And if you, even if you don't know much about church, you, you know the story where Mary, an angel, visits her and tells her, hey, you're gonna be pregnant with the Savior. And her first response is, I don't understand that. How can that be? She, she didn't get it. And the angel explained it to her. And then look what she said in Luke 1.38. She said, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your rhema, your revelation, may your word to me be fulfilled. The word used there is revelation. And it's like, as this angel's explaining it, something goes off in her that goes, okay, okay. 
and her faith is activated. I believe it was that moment that she got pregnant because her faith was activated. It's like, ah, oh, a, a revelation. So naturally, how do you get one of those? You know, do you just like Uber, an angel? I, I'd love to have, that's great. She had an angel that brought the rhema. How do I get a rhema word? How do I approach God's word where I'm gonna experience the revealed word of God? That's the third point here on the beginning of your outline sheet. Meditation activates revelation. Meditation activates revelation. See, if you, if you approach this as, all right, I'll do it, the church is doing, I'm just gonna do kind of a checklist thing and I'm gonna rush through the Bible as quickly as I possibly can, you're probably not gonna get the most out of it. What we're really going for, the goal this year is, is meditation on God's word. Somebody on our team, when they saw the outline sheet, they were like, are you gonna go get like, weird on us with meditation and stuff? And what's up with that? Like, ah, maybe a little bit. Uh, l- let, me, let me explain meditation to you. When you, every weekend at Seacoast, we give you time to meditate. Our response time is basically a time for you to, to take a few moments and, and reflect and meditate. God, what are you saying to me today? And what am I gonna do about it? Let's approach the Bible the same way. Look what Joshua said. Joshua 1.8 said, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. He says, meditate on it. Don't just breeze through it. Meditate on these words day and night. Let me give you a word picture here that you're gonna thank me for when you get to lunch today. But uh, have you, any of you ever seen a cow chew its cud? Anybody ever seen that? Here in Mount Pleasant, everybody's kind of like, what? Uh, Manning, you guys are with us. McClellanville, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But what they do is they, they lean down and they grab a big piece of grass and they chew it real slowly. Just, it's not like my kids, you know, who are done eating by the time I get to the table. They like really chew on this cud. And then what they do is they swallow it. Then they do what my dog did yesterday on our couch. They throw it right back up uh, and they keep it in their mouth and they chew it some more. Is that encouraging for you? You're welcome, happy new year. <laughs> but they do it multiple times, but what they're doing is they're getting, they're getting more nutrients out of the same bite of food. And it's kinda gross, but really, honestly, it's very similar to what that word meditate means. That if we took a scripture, we said, you know, I'm gonna hang out on this for a little, I wanna get everything that I can get out of it. I'm gonna, med- I'm gonna ask some questions about this scripture. I'm gonna reflect, God, what are you saying to me? That's the goal as we read our Bible, because meditation ultimately will bring about those aha moments. Those, oh, okay. You take some time thinking through it and you'll have it. And then those revelation moments bring about, activate our faith, which ultimately allows the word to come alive for us. So that's what we wanna do this year. Wanna build our life on God's word. Check this out though. Um, As we meditate on God's word, uh, the verse ends in Joshua 1.8, then you will be prosperous and successful. How many of you would like that this year? Prosperity and success. I mean, that's, that's what I want for you. That's what I want for our church. I want us to, to step in and to take hold of everything that God has for us. But we're gonna have to meditate on God's word. We're gonna have to build our lives on God's word. Look at how Jesus said it in uh, Matthew 7, 24. He says, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. He says, the rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. Yeah, I I wish it said if the rain came, if the storms came, but here's the deal. Storms are gonna come. I hate to break it to you, this is not heaven. We're not there yet. 
And so, so you can read the Bible, but that's not gonna keep storms from coming in our lives. We're all gonna experience some storms. I don't know what they're gonna be for you, but the goal for us is that when they come, and when, when, when the rain falls, and when the hurricane comes, that our lives are built on something that will last, that we can endure through the storms because our, our foundation is on the word. And he said, anyone who hears these words and puts them into practice, that's what I want for us as a church. So how do we do it? How do we, let's get practical with the couple minutes that we have left. How do we, how do we build our life on God's word? A couple of thoughts for us. Number one, I first have to accept its authority. I must accept its authority. What's gonna happen for you is, uh, I don't care how long you've been following God, you're gonna open up his word and at some point during the year, you're gonna come up against a scripture, hopefully not against, you're, you're gonna run into a scripture, you're gonna read a scripture and you're not gonna understand it. Or maybe even more beyond that, you're, you're gonna disagree with it. It's gonna kinda speak to something that you're doing, maybe a, a way that you're living your life or a, a worldview that you have and you're gonna go, ah, I don't know if I, I don't know if I buy that. I don't know if I can agree with that. And, and here's what I'm gonna ask you to do. Because our attitude about the Bible really goes a long way to how much we can experience it. Assume that there's something wrong with you, not something wrong with the Bible. Assume that you're missing something, that maybe you, you need a rhema, you need a revelation in your life. Assume that, that, that maybe you're not seeing the whole picture. Because here's the deal. This is not a rule book for you. There are some rules in here, but don't treat this as God... God knows you, he designed you, he created our most innermost parts, he knows the vision and the purpose that he has for our lives. He wants us to take hold of a life that is abundant according to Jesus. And so the things that he puts in place for us are for our benefit and they're for his glory. So we, we don't assume, ah, oh, God must just wanna take my fun. No, that's not the truth. Start with the fact that God is a loving father, but he knows how this life works a little bit better than we do. And so he's put his written word down for us so that we can experience all that he wants us to experience. So, so it's treated as authority. Yeah, I have several relationships in my life. I have my kids. I love that one because I'm the authority. You know, they, they do what I tell them to do because God has placed me in that position to care for them and to make decisions for them. I have peers, a lot of friends, and, and we'll make decisions. Sometimes they're right. They've got insight that, that, that it's good for a decision. Sometimes I'm, I'm right. I've got insight, but we kind of work together on that. And then I have some authority figures in my life. My parents, especially when I was in their home, you know, they had a curfew for me. And here's the deal, whether I liked the curfew or not, I either adhered to their rules or life got bad for me in various ways that I won't talk about because he's your pastor. You don't need to know how he treated us as kids, but he was actually decent. But, but so, so when, when or, or you have a boss, right? And you can have a lot of discussion, but at the end of the day, if your boss says, this is how we're doing something, you kinda, you, you do it. That's, that's the authority word, treat this like that. Treat God's word like your authority. Like, man, man, I may not totally understand it, but I'm gonna just assume that this is my anchor. You know, in our culture today, it's so hard to figure out what's right and what's wrong, and we're so confused about all kinds of things. Let's let this be the anchor. Let this be the compass for us that says this is what truth is, and everything else is gonna have to kind of line up with this in my life. Establish that as the authority. Look what Paul said in 1 Thessalonians, he said, we, we thank God continually because when you received the word of God, so church in Thessalonians, when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it, not as the word of men, but actually as it is, the word of God, which is at work in you who believe. Man, we want that, don't we? We want God's word to be at work in us. 
We, we wanna experience God's word working in us. It's gonna require us to accept it as his word, as his truth. We, we, we don't argue about a lot of things at Seacoast. We have a, a short list of essentials that we say, man, we all are on the same page. And one of those for us is that God's word is the inerrant word of God. This is, if, if I say something, if I preach something, if any of us do that doesn't line up with this, this is right. You know, this, is, this is our foundation here. And so, so we're just gonna have to establish that, that God's word is our authority. A second thought, if I'm gonna build my life on God's word, I must assimilate its truths. I must assimilate its truths. That's kind of a churchy word. Uh, we use assimilation as kind of like, we, we want you not, when you come into the doors of the church, we want to assimilate you into all of the life of the church. We want you to experience the small groups and the dream team and the, the ministries that we have because we know that the more assimilated you are, the more you're gonna get out of your church experience. But we want God's word to, we want to assimilate it in all of our areas of our lives. It should, it should inform how we handle our, our kids or how we handle relationships, dating relationships, our spouse. We want to assimilate God's word into our, our daily lives. How do we do that? Couple thoughts. Number one, we have to listen to God's word. You guys all, I'm preaching to the choir, you got it, way to go, you're listening to God's word. But, but listen to the, the teaching of God's word. Couple of scriptures for you. So then faith comes how? By hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Listen to the word. Jesus said, therefore consider carefully how you listen. I wanna encourage you to consider carefully how you listen. Make coming to church, listening to the word of God, make that a priority this year. This is one out of 52. What if you said, you know, every week of the year, I'm gonna listen to the word of God. And some of you travel, and you got a lot going on. I get that. Uh, but, but these days, it's very easy. We, we make it very hard for you to have an excuse not to come to church. You can pop open the computer, listen online, wherever you happen to be. Go attend a church, and if you're traveling to another city, experience uh, the word of God in another church, that's great. But make it a priority. I'm gonna listen to God's word this year. I'm not only gonna listen to it, though. I'm gonna read God's word by reading God's word. This is uh, where I kind of wanna talk to you guys about our plan um, for, for, for this year. I'm so excited about this. As we read God's word, approach it the way Jesus talked about it, Matthew 4. He said, Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Treat the reading of God's word as a meal. You know, most of us, if you're like me, you don't skip many meals. Treat God's word as a meal. Like, man, I'm expecting this. I can't live without this. This is fuel for my day. And so here's the deal. If we're gonna be successful, we gotta have a plan. Gotta have a plan for how we're gonna read God's word. Everybody had a reading guide on your chair? I want you to pull that out. We've got several different ways that you can interact with God's word this year, and basically what we're trying to do is make it as easy as we possibly can for you to do this. But this is one of them. It's physical. Some of you, you need something in your hands. You wanna interact with it. And so if you open that up, you're gonna see every day of the year listed out and the readings for that day listed out there. And, and what you'll notice is that there's three different readings every day. There's a, a New Testament reading, an Old Testament reading, and then like a Psalms or a Proverbs. And so if your goal, and some of us here, our goal is gonna be to read through the entire Bible this year. By the way, that doesn't have to be your goal, but that's some, some people are like, Matt, that's what I wanna do. Then read all three of those readings. And if you read all three of those readings, by the end of the year, you will have read through the entire Bible. Some of you are already looking at January 1 and you notice that it starts in Luke chapter five. And you're like, what in the world is up with that? Why would we start... New Testament in Luke chapter five. Well, we, we picked a plan that 
when we're going through the Christmas season together, we'll actually be reading through the Christmas story together. And so starting in Luke, the Old Testament reading starts in Genesis 1, and the Psalms reading starts in Psalms 1. But if you read all three of those every day, you will have read through the year, the Bible this year. Some of you are like already like glazed over, like, dude, that sounds wonderful, but that, you don't know me. I mean, I've never, never done this before. That's okay. Here's my goal. Our goal is that you just interact with God's word every day. Maybe you take that first reading and just do that one every day. If you do that, if you read the first reading every day, you will have read through the entire New Testament this year. You have heard every word that Jesus ever spoke while he walked this earth. You will have, have read that. That would be incredible for some of us. Maybe you just read the Psalms or Proverbs. Some of you, you can pick two, but you either read them all, read one of them, read two of the three, but interact with God's word. And let me give you a little advice here. If and when you fall behind, don't get into catch-up mode. I mean, maybe a day you can catch up. The, the readings, if you read all three of them, for me, it takes me about 15 minutes every day to read all three of those. And so it's a, a chunk of time that you're spending. I'm a fairly fast reader. For some of you, it may take longer. Some of you may do faster, but that's about how long it takes. So if you fall behind by a month and then you decide, I'm gonna catch up, you just need like two weeks of reading you know, to, to do it. And so that's where you get bogged down. That's where a lot of people end up giving up. Just know that the goal, I wanna read God's word every day. And if I miss a day, I'm gonna get up and I'm gonna read God's word the next day. A couple of resources for you. This one, take it. Some of you are gonna check off. It's, that's, you're just gonna love that. Uh, others of us, go to seacoast.org slash a year in the word. And there are all kinds of different ways that you can read. We have a version plan. Some of you have uh, an, an iPhone and you read it on version. If you go to seacoast.org, a year in the word, it'll have a direct link to version. It'll take you right to it. version is a Bible app that's really easy to read. And so you can start it on there and you can just work through it there. That would be fantastic. We've got the Seacoast app. Uh, if you don't have the Seacoast app, I'd encourage you to download that. It's incredible. It's got a Bible section. It'll have every day's reading right there on the Seacoast app. And then you'll also be able to interact with the messages because what we're doing every week is we're gonna read the Bible together you know, in our own time. But then on the weekend, we're gonna discuss something that we read that week. Normally we do series where we sometimes we'll take a whole series and talk about marriage or parenting and all that. Don't worry, we're gonna talk about all that stuff because the Bible speaks to all that stuff, but we're just gonna do it as the Bible talks about it. And so every weekend, we'll preach on what we read that week. And so it's gonna be a really cool, different year than we've ever had. But the Seacoast apps, you can download that. If you have an iPhone, download it. If you have a Samsung Galaxy, uh, you could see the word really come on fire and download it on that. Um, but whatever, whatever, whatever device you have, read it there. On that website, you can download the PDF file for, for the, the reading guide that you've got. So all kinds of ways. Here's our deal. We, we're, we have, we've worked very hard to do everything we can to make it as easy as possible for you to take this journey with us this year. And I wanna encourage you to do it. If you're gonna do it, it's gonna require you not only to read, but if you're gonna be successful, set aside time for that. Set aside time to read the Bible. Yeah, I haven't accomplished all of my goals that I set in 2016, but one of them that I did do, I went to the gym more this year than I ever have in my life combined. I went to the gym on average four to five days a week this year. And, and part of that is that I love the place that I work out. I've got some great friends that, you know, we, we hold each other accountable, meet, meet each other there. But you know what I did? Is I put it on my calendar. On my phone, I've got it on my calendar. Every Monday and Wednesday, I go at about eight o'clock in the morning, drop the kids off at school, and I go to the gym. Tuesday and Thursday, about 4.30, 4.45 in the afternoon, I, it's on my calendar, so I go. And so, and I, I, I treat that, I told my wife, I'm treating this like it's 
the most important meeting of the, of the week. And so some of you have asked me to connect with you and I've said, ah, I can't do it that day, I've got a meeting that day. That's my, me going to the gym. Uh, and, and it's the truth because I put it on the calendar. And I'm, I'm fairly unstructured, but if it gets on my calendar, I'm gonna do it. And so I'd encourage you, treat, treat reading the Bible that way. Put it on your calendar. Figure out when am I gonna do that this week. Don't just hope that it'll happen because typically life happens and, and, and we end up missing stuff. So figure out when am I gonna do it, when works for you. It doesn't have to be morning. For some people it will be and that's great. It can be during lunch, it could be in the evenings, but put it on your calendar. And then one thing that I'm gonna do, and this is just me, you don't have to do it, but I'm going analog this year. I'm gonna actually read the Bible. And, and listen to me, I love technology. I love, I probably, most of my Bible reading the last five years have been digitally. It's been on my iPhone or been on my iPad and I love that and I'm so thankful that we have technology and we're gonna use technology for those of you that wanna do that. That's great. But what I found about myself, two reasons why I'm gonna try to read it, uh, a, a paper Bible this year. Number one, um, I'm just distracted. I am, I am like the most easily distracted person on the planet. And I'm looking at you guys, and you guys all are great, um, but most of you only text me when I'm trying to read the Bible. It's like, it feels like, have you ever done that? You, you set aside time, and it's like, that's when the text comes in, or the phone call comes in, or the, the Facebook notification. And I, I heard a, a speech just a few weeks ago that talked about the fact that that ding that happens, or the, the buzz when a phone rings, it actually sets off a chemical in your brain called dopamine. You may have heard of dope. It's the same chemical that, that alcoholics, it goes off when they take another drink or a gambler when they put a bet down, it's that dopamine goes off. And so it's just, it's hard for me to try to be focused on the Bible when it's dinging. And so I'm, I'm gonna do it that way. And the second reason I'm going analog this year is because typically what happens for me is I'll try to get up early before the kids and I'll go downstairs and I'll make coffee and I'll read my Bible out of my YouVersion plan. And so when my kids come downstairs, what they see is this. You know what, they see that all day long, unfortunately. Like that's not a new sight for them. It's, it's what I do when I'm reading my email, when I'm looking uh, up stuff on the internet or looking for a score of the game. I mean, I'm always on my phone. I wanna see my kids, especially at the ages, that I wanna see their dad interacting with the Bible. Uh, and, and I wanna see them, and I'm not gonna be legalistic about it, but I wanna see them see their dad turning the pages of the Bible. And there's all kinds of studies that are done that say even in this digital age, reading a physical book uh, is more motivating. You know, even seeing how much is left is motivating to kind of keep you going back to it. So I'm just gonna try it. And don't, don't you know, hold me accountable to it because I might end up going back to digital, but that's the goal that I wanna do, just to try something new. And, and some of you, you've been reading the Bible for a long time. Do something different. Change up the version. Maybe you've read the same version for a long time. Just do something to... To, to, to change it up a little bit, to help it come to life. So, I'm gonna assimilate it into my life by listening, by reading. One more thought for you, by exploring God's word. What does that mean? I would encourage you, you explore God's word in a small group. You explore God's word by getting some different perspectives around what God's saying. When you read it, you're gonna read it through the lens of your own perspective. But if you'll get in community and have some conversations with other people about it, you'll start to see some different angles of God's word. I love, I'm part of a men's group. I was part of it for a long time. I actually switched and started going to another men's group, but they keep me on their group text. They said it's like the mafia. Once you're in, you can't get out. That's what I love about my, my men's group. And so even yesterday, as we were kind of getting ready for the year, the texts start flying. Hey, what version are y'all reading? What's, what's the church doing? Let's all read it together so that when we come together, we can discuss it and we can explore it. And when you really start to explore God's word, that's when this verse happens.
I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I love that. I wanna hide God's word in our heart. And I love that the writer of this psalm connected hiding God's word in our heart to not sinning against God. And I'm believing that for some of us, there's some areas you've been stuck in this year, maybe some areas of sin or habits. And as you hide God's word in your heart, there's a connection there. You're gonna experience freedom from some areas that you've been stuck in for a long time. We're gonna hide God's word in our heart by exploring it. I know we've had a lot of content today, a lot of points. Last thought for us uh, is if I'm gonna build my life on God's word, I have to accept its authority. I have to assimilate it into my life by reading it, listening to it, and exploring it. And the last thought, I must apply its principles. I must apply its principles. I love James. He's kind of the tells it like it is sort of guy. He says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Do what it says. He's saying, if you take the time this year to read this book, and it doesn't change some things about the way you're living, we've really just deceived ourselves. We gotta apply it. We gotta be asking, what does this mean for me on Monday? What does this mean for me on Tuesday? How's this gonna impact my marriage, my kids, my friends? Uh, One way to do that might be to, to try to find a verse for every situation that you go through. You know, as we read the Bible, you're gonna read the Bible probably more than you ever have in your life. Look for verses that might apply to different situations that you're going through. I love Pastor Ron Hamilton at our West Campus. A couple years ago, we were talking about this. He had been struggling with anxiety about a certain thing that was going on, and, and he read the Bible. He read the, the words of Jesus that said, hey, look at the flowers of the field and the birds of the air. Uh, if I take care of them, how much more am I gonna take care of you? And then there's a passage that said, uh, be anxious about nothing. And he said he felt like God spoke to his heart and said, hey, Ron, we don't do anxiety. So if you do anxiety, that's when you're doing it apart from me. But, but you come to me and bring that to me. We just don't do anxiety. He had a verse for anxiety. So when anxiety would pop up, he'd remind him, no, 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 we don't do anxiety. He'd go back to that verse. I was thinking about a couple years ago, my, my family was driving uh, to a place, we parked my car and then we went somewhere and we come back to find my car and I forgot where I parked my car. Anybody ever done that? You lose your car? It happens, don't judge. Um, and it was, it was late, I thought I had parked it here at the parking lot of the church and I drove through the parking lot, it wasn't here. I drove over to the offices, it wasn't there and I'm just frustrated, I put the car in park and my daughter, Greta Kate, who was about five at the time, she was like, what's wrong, Dad? I said, Greta Kate, we are lost. We are lost. And she looked at me and she said, silly daddy, we're not lost. Daddy's with us. And it was like one of those moments where it was like, ah, you know what? She's got the right perspective. If, if my dad's with me, I'm not, I can never be lost. And maybe you go through a period of time where you feel lost or you feel alone and go, no, there's a verse for that. Jesus said, I'm gonna be with you always till the end of the age. I'll never leave you or forsake you. Find a verse for every situation. Bring truth to every circumstance that you might face. Let's apply God's word. Let's go on this journey together. We've extended the invitation. Now I just wanna ask you would, you, would you join me on this journey? Would you join me on this journey through the Bible? And I think if we do, we're gonna see God do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine. Would you pray with me as we close? God, I thank you. There's so much truth about your word that your word is living and active, that your word never 
returns void. God, that when we uh, need direction, that your word is a lamp unto our feet, it's a light unto our path. God, so we just pray, Lord, this year, as we begin the year saying, God, I'm gonna give, give you my attention, I'm gonna read your word this year, would you, Lord, do amazing things in our lives? Would this be the most life-giving year that we've ever had as a church and as a family? God, we give you 2017. Lord, on this first day of the year, we commit this year to you. And we just pray that as we do that, God, that you would take us on the ride of our lives, that we'd experience your power and your presence like we've never experienced it before. We thank you for it in Jesus' name, amen.